0: Welcome to episode one of Behold Diana. My name is Douglas Judson, co chair of Borderland Pride. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Borderland Pride is the LGBTQ2 pride organization serving the town of Fort Francis in rural northwestern Ontario and the surrounding communities of Treaty 3 territory and northern Minnesota. I am recording today on the territory of the Anishinaabe, upon which the Metis share history. What you are listening to is the culmination of months of work to bring to life a special Pride project. This project celebrates local queer history and amplifies a trans voice from our past. In doing so, we hope to build awareness and empower trans, non-binary, and two-spirit people in our rural community today. Our historical voice belongs to Diana Boilo, who is noted as one of the first Canadians to undergo gender-confirming surgery. Diana grew up in Rainy River and Fort Francis, and in 2020, we were deeply moved to discover that years ago, she published an autobiography with the assistance of author Felicity Cochran. That book, entitled Behold, I Am a Woman, was published in March 1972. At the time, it was met with significant fanfare, curiosity, and judgment. An excerpt from the book was printed in Chatelaine magazine, and the rest is history— Diana herself was thrust into the public eye, attracting media attention and public scrutiny for her pioneering medical transition. In fact, her 1972 television interview with the CBC was deemed so controversial that it was never aired. And yet, despite Diana's book, which is now out of print, her North American publicity tour, and her resulting national profile, which lives on today in LGBTQ2 archives— It is the unconventional queer frontier of Diana's early years that will captivate our local and rural listeners, just as it did for those who lent their time and talent to this project. As queer people reading Diana's words, we catch a glimpse of our small, isolated community in a different period, through the eyes of a stranger. At the same time, her story is not so unfamiliar-sounding at all. What we see resembles the struggles of ourselves and perhaps those we know who have faced their own battles of acceptance, inclusion, and identity arising from their sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. 50 years have now passed since Diana's book went to print, and Diana herself left us in 2014, and yet still today, LGBTQ2 people struggle to find support and belonging. We know from studies that that one-third of lesbian, gay, and bisexual youth have attempted suicide in comparison to just 7% of youth in general. We know that 25-40% to of homeless youth identify as LGBTQ2, showing that even in modern times, coming out means getting kicked out. And we also know, through an understanding of colonization that is only now emerging, that scores of indigenous people who identify as LGBTQ or two-spirit continue to struggle to reclaim their place in communities recovering from intergenerational trauma. And we know from researchers that trans people are among the most vulnerable members of the LGBTQ2 community and are more likely to experience violence than cisgender Canadians. Pride itself helps to address some of these challenges through visible acts of inclusion and solidarity. We come together annually to provide programming and events which showcase our communities as inclusive, welcoming homes for all, but also to provide opportunities for outreach and education for our allies or for those who want to become better allies. Borderland Pride is at the vanguard of this movement, bringing pride to rural northern communities in Ontario, where pride is still finding its feet and where positive representations of LGBTQ2 people are often most in need. Even in 2021, LGBTQ2 initiatives, especially when they are new, are seen as too radical, too ostentatious, or too urban, or as disrupting the established social order of a traditional community. Public acknowledgement of queerness is still viewed, in many circles, as something that should be confined to a few parade routes once a year in a few large cities, But LGBTQ2 stories are neither historically nor geographically compartmentalized, because LGBTQ2 people aren't either. What the story of Diana reminds us is that sexual and gender minorities are in fact nothing new, that they have always lived among us everywhere, even in rural northwestern Ontario. We are not an urban phenomenon, and we should be just as entitled to bloom where we are planted as anyone else. If anything, the relatability of Diana's story is a sad testament to what remarkably slow progress we have made on trans inclusion and normalizing trans identities in the intervening decades. This is personal for many of us. In 2020, Borderland Pride led a community-based campaign to visibly demonstrate that Pride lives here, right across Northwestern Ontario. But in doing so, we were not planting a flag of conquest But taking another step into the light pride lives here resonated in part because lgbtq2 people have always lived here and those lawn signs made that statement lgbtq2 people have always lived here they have simply not always been met with understanding or love diana for her part rises to prominence from the same obscure setting as many rural queer people do today But the only reason we know of her story is because she survived and thrived due to a few fortunate twists of fate, support, and personal conviction. The catalyst for this journey begins when Diana was in high school in Fort Francis. She grows up in one of the few communities which, in the mid-1900s, had a physician who recognized her identity as normal. This was a profound outlook for a rural doctor of the time. It is through the wise counsel of Dr. Harold Chalice in Fort Francis that Diana's parents, a forester and a housewife, were able to support her transition. They relocated the family for a fresh, safe start, and her book is dedicated to them. In the episodes which follow, we have recorded Diana's story, as it was written in the 1970s, using her own words. There have been no edits or censors or creative liberties taken with her biography. Nor do we think that it would have been appropriate to do so. We are here to give voice to Diana, not to put words in her mouth. We thank the cast of Fort Francis Little Theatre for their attention to this important project and their sensitivity in giving life to the words on the page. Some editorial remarks are, however, in order. We caution that some of the words used by Diana to describe her experiences may not be the vocabulary we would choose today. Likewise, while we have taken care to refer to Diana by her pronouns and name throughout this project, at points in her book she is referred to by her former male name and pronouns. In addition, we caution our listeners that Diana's book contains some sexually explicit content and a description of sexual violence. We have noted these in the text descriptions of the episodes in question and encourage our listeners to reach out to their network for support – if they find any of this content to be upsetting. Finally, we want to recognize that this has been a community project. We have made efforts to involve local LGBTQ2 people wherever possible. LGBTQ2-identifying people were involved in production, recording, sound editing, and voice acting, and have recorded commentary associated with this project. We've also been supported by the efforts of a number of strong allies, including members of Fort Francis Little Theatre and MJ Interactive. We have admittedly struggled to identify many local trans or non-binary individuals who were willing to be part of this project on record. Some cited reasons of personal comfort or safety. We respect those choices and heed them as a reminder of our continuing obligation to build a safe and supportive environment for all LGBTQ2 people to share their experiences and tell their stories with confidence. We also recognize that this itself is a reason why this project is important. It underscores our goal of empowering the most marginalized members of our community and sending a clear message that not only does pride live here in our community today, but that our journeys of self-actualization and expression, isolated as they may seem, are well-trodden paths even in this remote territory. Episodes 2 through 10 are a performance of Behold, I Am a Woman, as written by Diana and told to Felicity Cochran. Each episode contains a few chapters performed by a local voice actor. In episode 11, you will hear Diana's voice for the first time. And in episode 12, you will hear voices from local LGBTQ2 people who live here today. With that, we invite you to Behold Diana. Thank you for listening. Behold Diana is produced by Borderland Pride. Our music is by The Night Driver, and our sound was mixed by MJ Interactive.